Hello, and welcome to My Fair Money, the Impact Investing Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Two Degrees Investing Initiative, which wants to align financial markets with the Paris Climate Goals and AWE Studio. The series is part of the My Fair Money project, which helps private investors invest more sustainably. So if you're a retail investor who wants to make a positive difference with your money, you've come to the right place. We're here to demystify the world of impact investing and show you how to grow your wealth while making the world a little bit better. Through conversations with finance experts, researchers, journalists, and retail investors just like you and me, by the end of these eight episodes, you'll know exactly how you can use your savings to have a real impact on the future of the planet. My name is Kirill Hartog. I'm a journalist, media entrepreneur, and an amateur investor myself, and I'll be your host for the next eight episodes. I'm very excited to dig in. And full disclosure, I am not an expert in finance. I have very limited personal experience investing, so I'm here to learn, alongside you, episode by episode, how I can make a positive difference with my money. So let's get into it. Disclaimer. This podcast gives the floor to external experts who are sharing their own opinion. We are not in the business of giving investment advice. For two DII's views on each topic, please visit the My Fair Money blog. This is our very first episode, so we'll take it easy. Let's start with the basics. How is sustainable investing different from normal or traditional investing? In a nutshell, whereas traditional investing has only one aim, maximizing your profit, sustainable investing considers both financial returns and ethical considerations in investment decisions, aiming to generate profit and create positive social change. But doesn't this sound too good to be true? I can grow my wealth while saving the planet at the same time? How does that even work? Like I said, I'm by no means an expert, so I invited one. So my name is Nicola. I'm uh, working for a think tank, which is called Two Degrees Investing Initiative. Uh, our mission, our humble mission is to align financial markets uh, with the Paris Climate Goals. And my role in this organization is uh, the head of the Retail Investing Research Program which is a research program which tries to leverage retail investors for the sustainable transformation. All right. So basically, you're heading a division that does a bunch of research on how retail investors can make a bigger impact with their money, right? I'm guessing. Uh, yes, yes, yes. In a, in a nutshell, that's correct. Um, so also maybe uh, yeah, I need to be very cautious about uh, using terminologies, which are also understanding for non-sustainable uh, finance geeks. Basically, retail investors means private investors like you and me. So that's maybe the first thing uh, to learn for today. And why is it important? Um, well, actually, uh, many people, that's not very intuitive, but uh, actually... Private investors, retail investors in Europe owns one third of all financial assets. So that is a big bunch of money. It's over 30 trillion euro. And um, so far, this money is not really used in a sustainable way. So wow. we have we have our money uh, lying on our bank accounts. We have some money maybe even invested in funds or whatever. But also large money is invested without it really knowing about it, like in our pension funds or life insurances. Yeah, wow, that's fascinating. I did not know that 30% of our money belongs to retail. I mean, can you explain to me how that even works? Are these active investors or is this passive? Like, how, how can we visualize this? 
one way or another uh, you have your money um, which you earn from your work if you are employed um, which is then taken from uh, to a certain part and invested in pension funds so the money is working you're not really aware about it And yeah, uh, in future, we are working for changes in regulation, but also um, to encourage people to make their voice heard, to, to, to actually uh, also integrate the preferences of the people who own the money, how this money is managed. So that's, uh, that's very important in our opinion. How would you go about this? Uh, if I'm understanding you correctly, all our money is being put to work, whether we want it or not. Because uh, as soon as we're active participants in the economy and we earn, you know, a salary, or a part of that goes to our pension and governments invest that in pension funds or as they see fit. So how can we have a bigger impact on those decisions? Would we have to change the democratic decision making process? Do we need to give people a vote? Do we need to do a referendum? What are some of the tools that we can, you know, very briefly without getting into too much detail, how can we give people a bigger say? Well, today, what we can do as an individual individuum is, well, not so much. Uh, we could, of course, um, send an email to our pension fund provider if you are invested in a private pension fund, but even in a public one and ask questions like, uh, how is my money invested? So this always can be, uh, can trigger some, let's say, uh, actions within the fund that, you know, imagine... There are thousands of people starting asking those questions. Indeed, there are even funny initiatives yeah. in UK and also in France um, uh, who are doing this, like NGOs who are leading such campaigns. But what we really need is regulatory changes so that uh, pension funds in future are actually obliged to ask uh, the beneficiaries, you and me, how they, how our money is invested, whether sustainability criteria should be taken into account, how they should engage with the companies uh, they're investing in, uh, maybe pushing them to become aligned with the Paris Climate Goals or other sustainability uh, objectives. Yeah. I want to zoom out here for a second because this is episode one of our series and we're going to go way, way, way deeper later on. But right now, I think it's important to zoom out and give our listeners some context on why all of this matters, basically. Why do we need to have a bigger say on what our money is doing and where it's invested? So could you just briefly pitch it to me? Like, how can sustainable finance have a positive impact on the world? Or in other words, why should we even care? So a few numbers maybe, which are actually diff uh, difficult to really understand because they're so huge, but... Uh, so in Europe alone, for the energy transition until 2030, so to reach our climate goals of the European Union, it's estimated that we need around 400 billion euro more investment per year to reach those goals. If we look globally, there were estimates a few years ago, that's actually pre-COVID, that we need 2.5 trillion euro additional investing per year to, re to reach the sustainable development goals. Um, which seems, however, if you would put it in contrast with the total financial system, actually it seems to be maybe even uh, quite low numbers because, um, yeah, it is like the total volume of our financial system is uh, it's tenfold of this or even more. What can we do with the financial system to actually 
reach those targets. Uh, so the fin financial system can play three roles in achieving those. So first, it's, I would say, the traditional way, providing funding for projects which are or will be profitable. Second one, and this is now more relevant when we talk about the impacts of the financial system, is to incentivize investments. So those 400 billion euro per year, which we need to achieve the climate goals in Europe, for instance, those are investments needed on the ground, like done by real actors in the real economy, companies, but also maybe communities investing in solar parks or whatsoever. And to actually initiate those projects, they sometimes need to have better market returns than usual financial products because with the usual financial products let's say the interest rate of a loan is too high that the project is prof profitable so accepting lower returns or maybe lower liquidity or even higher risk can actually incentivize that projects are realized which would be not realized otherwise um, and for innovation, we need the growth of young companies and new technologies. So we need also to incentivize those companies to grow or actually to provide funding for them. And for doing so, we need to screen young companies uh, beside of their uh, financial characteristics also to their purpose and their potential actually to solve social problems. And this is where markets fail today and where sustainable finance can play a crucial role. And last but not least, the third mechanism is to use uh, your influence as an investor. So that's a huge, huge lever, in particular when we think about now again our pension fund schemes or investment funds, which are managing billions of billions of euros. And now imagine those funds would start using this money to actually push the companies they're investing in like big companies, multinational companies, to, again, as an example, set climate targets which are in line with the Paris climate goals. Maybe you could also dive into the difference between sustainable investing and impact investing, because the two are often used interchangeably, right? And maybe also touch upon ESG. That's something we hear a lot, environmental, social, and government, I think it stands for. So somehow these terms are being used interchangeably, but how are they different from one another? So ESG investing, so as you said, ESG standing for environmental, social and governance is basically risk, a, a risk measure. So it is investing, which includes sustainability information to address sustainability risk. So if you hear ESG funds or ESG investing, then think directly about this is about risk. That is not about sustainability per se. But this does not mean that actually the company, if we take the supply chain example, pays living wages in the supply chain. So that would be about sustainability, actually. No, it's about how it manages that no scandal comes out about human rights violations. So it's a different, you know, it's a completely different perspective. Wow. To me, that is completely new. Uh, as someone who is definitely not an expert in this, I always assumed the ESG label was kind of like a fair trade label that you get on a product in a supermarket, but apparently that's definitely not the case. 
So how's impact investing or sustainable investing or socially responsible investing, SRI, how are these different from one another and why do we need so many acronyms? I'm just getting confused just reading these out loud. Uh, socially responsible investing, so SRI, some of you might have heard this as well as an acronym. And here you might say that um, a fund which has SRI in its name, uh, so here it's not necessarily about ESG risk and opportunities, but it is about uh, screening companies according to specific sustainability topics. So let's say you just want to avoid investing in tobacco and weapons. So a SRI fund might include a screening of companies to exclude any company with revenues uh, throughout its supply chain in the weapon and tobacco. Yeah, so it's a kind of an ethical, it's an ethical uh, decision to do so. But also here again, um, it is not sustainability per se, because it's a very individual uh, decision. And indeed, what must be said in this regard is that the more you will exclude, the more difficult it will be to, do, to invest, uh, at least to invest in a broad, diversified portfolio. One key message I want to convey today in, in the podcast is actually so what we are also doing in our surveys is to ask the very first question, um, what is your motivation when you want to invest sustainably? And there are three different profiles which we and others could derive uh, from, from research why people want to invest sustainably. So the first one is to have an actual impact. So you want to invest or to put your money somewhere with the objective that uh, you will change the behavior of companies in the real economy. The second one is what we just discussed around SRI, actually, is about value alignment. So people, let's say you are vegan, who just say, I just want to make sure that there is no animal valuation included whatsoever in the companies I'm investing in from a value perspective. And the third one, it's actually uh, covered by this ESG investing, is or are people who want to invest sustainably because they just want to integrate ESG risk and opportunities in their investment decision. So it's basically actually even a financial consideration rather than a sustainability consideration. I'm actually curious here. I don't know if you have any facts or, or data on this, but if you had to guess the percentage of current investors that do care about these issues, about impact, about ESG, do you know roughly what the proportion is? Is it a tiny minority we're talking about or is this a growing trend? How long has this been going on and is it gaining momentum in some way? What does the research say on that? So we actually ask already over 16,000 people across Europe uh, covering over 14 countries. And, well, the going now into all the numbers uh, would take a little bit time. But in a nutshell, so first, it's not very surprising. Uh, most people want it all. So they want impact. They want also to reflect some values. 
And they want ideally also to integrate like these ESG risk uh, information in their investments to, yeah, because they believe that it's, it, it will bring their better return. However, there are also people who are actually putting the impact in front. And then willing to sacrifice a certain amount of their return, right? Are there many of them? Or those people actually across Europe on average, there were 10% of people who say they are solely interested in impact. Just to clarify for our listeners, the 10% Nicola is talking about relates only to the pure impact profile. So someone who has only impact as an objective for their savings or their investment. In total, 30 to 65% of people want to have impact in most cases, but mixed with one or two other objectives. So what if I have a thousand euros in savings and it pays me a 2% interest rate every year? Why should I consider investing this money sustainably and for how much return? Because we haven't really touched upon the question of return yet. So how much return can we expect when we're talking about sustainable investing? And does that differ from traditional investing? So I think, I mean, if you approach the topic about your personal finance the first time, I think the most important learning is, um, you know, you have different financial pockets with different financial objectives. So there's one pocket, for instance, uh, which should be very, very low risk, uh, not even investing, but saving. Yeah. So the money you put on your bank account. So you have accessible at any time, at any point. So that's the first area where you can actually invest or save sustainably. And even very important from an impact perspective where you put your money, your deposits on your deposit, it's very important. I mean, if the sustainable bank is really credible and impactful, they will use your savings to generate loans for sustainable projects and companies. So that's the first pocket. And then you might have other pockets. You might have, for instance, a pocket uh, of maybe 1%, 5% for some 10, who, where you even would accept higher risk or lower liquidity, which means liquidity, you know, that you will be able to assess your investment in one year, three years, five years, maybe. Are you looking to make more sustainable choices as an investor? Do you want to put your money to work while also prioritizing your sustainability choices? Then check out MyFairMoney, the platform that takes your sustainability preferences into account and helps you invest in line with your values. And how long would I have to wait to see a result in terms of impact and return? That's a funny question, uh, not easy to answer because, um, again, like if you look at our discussion around those different financial products, they have different time horizons they have different returns they have also different impact potentials so like crowdfunding investing in startups have a higher impact potential than investing in a mutual fund uh, in an investment fund or an etf that's for sure an etf or exchange traded fund is a type of pooled investment security so it holds multiple assets rather than just one, like a basket. Those assets include all types of investments, stocks, commodities, bonds, and they're traded on an exchange just like normal stocks. And you return, well, uh, again, right? Uh, if you would change your bank account today, 
it won't bring you actually return, but it will bring you definitely impact if it's a full sustainable bank. However, it is, an, it, it is not possible to really calculate your personal impact in this. Like imagine you put your 1000 euro on your bank account. Um, it is not possible to say that you reduced uh, X tons of CO2 emissions or kilograms by those 1000 euro. Because financial markets are so indirect that those kind of measures, although we would like to have them, it would be beautiful and easy. It is uh, not, it does not make sense actually to, to, uh, to try to measure such a particular impact. It also varies. So um, in crowdfunding investings, for instance, you can get from 3 to 7% uh, returns uh, with however, like longer uh, or lower liquidity. So sometimes three years, sometimes five years. And what's also uh, now not crowdfunding investing, but uh, another opportunity which grows more and more, but which can be very, very interesting, again, for a smaller portion for your savings, like let's say 1%, 5%, what, whatever, is um, investing in higher risk. You know, and higher risk uh, financial instruments. Like I just talked about crowdfunding, which is more uh, lower liquidity investment, but pretty stable, like uh, still more risky than comparable projects, but still. You could also invest in private equity uh, funds. So private equity funds are funds which focus on startups, but put them together, uh, pooling them together in one portfolio and in one fund. And well, here uh, you you can have very very high returns actually, like up to uh, fifteen, even twenty five percent. However, with very high risk, of course. Thanks, Nicola. And to our listeners, I know you guys might be a little overwhelmed by the amount of new information, but I'd like you to meet one more guest who'll be with us throughout all the episodes of this podcast. I became interested in investing actually as a result of this school project that my social studies teacher in eighth grade had us do in small groups. So that's about, you know, 13 years old in the United States. This is Alex Hurst. He's a journalist, writer, and a retail investor whose journey with money has been, well, eventful to say the least. You'll find out all about it in the upcoming episodes. Unlike our other guests, he's not a finance expert, which makes his story somewhat more relatable. After all, he's had all the same questions, fears, and doubts as other retail investors. Here's how he got into investing. So in groups of four, we all logged into the the state of Ohio's online stock simulator website, and we managed a paper portfolio of 100,000 fake dollars. And I was kind of a techno head at the time. I was reading web blogs about this, uh, you know, gizmo and that gadget. And so I was really fascinated by the idea that one, money could become more money. And two, that there was some connection between the economy and all this tech stuff that I was interested in. And that was my first sort of entry into the stock market and the idea of uh, stock trading. And then a couple of years later in high school, I opened up an investment account that I put my collection of you know summer savings and birthday money into. And at the time, I was reading these rumors on Apple rumors websites that were talking about a widescreen touchscreen iPod, which was on its way. And me using my old iPod 4G with the gray click wheel, scroll wheel, thought that's going to be amazing. It's going to be huge. And it turned into the iPhone uh, that Steve Jobs announced. And it was amazing. It was huge. 
I wish I had a teacher like that when I was 13. Right, so I feel like that's a lot of info for the first episode, so we'll hear back from Alex in the next one. But I think this conversation is a great teaser for what we've got coming next. So let me give you a brief outline. In the next episode, we'll talk about the most fundamental question. What is the impact that impact investing can actually have? From my point of view, there are two mechanisms for investor impact. So the one is enabling growth and the other one is encouraging improvements. In episode three, we'll look more closely at what different options are available if you want to start investing sustainably, the different financial products and the nuances to consider. If you go with very large uh, companies, uh, it's like uh, buying an impact lottery ticket. In episode four, we'll talk about risks, the unavoidable aspect of any kind of investment. You have been brainwashed. Like when you deal with finance, you, you are putting yourself in a, in a financial mode. Then I'll have some really exciting guests joining me to talk about greenwashing, or the brands and companies faking their sustainability to appeal to investors. You definitely won't want to miss that one. Can you call um, Tesla sustainable? I mean, yes, on the one hand, but no, because of the materials they use from mines, right? So, In episode six, we'll cover a similar topic, namely impact washing, and we'll explain how it's different from greenwashing. The issue is that at the, the moment, we don't have an impact label out there. In episode seven, we'll talk about investor stewardship and why it's one of the most effective ways to have an impact with financial products on secondary markets, such as investment funds. In general, European asset managers are, um, are doing um, a much better job at <laughs> climate stewardship than um, their North American counterparts. And in episode eight, we'll wrap up the whole series and go over the most important points we've covered, hearing some final thoughts from all of our guests. My thesis is we need everything all at once. So we need to invest better. We need government action. We need carbon taxes and we need, and we need companies to hardcore invest in a climate transition and we need consumers to make better choices. I am so excited to learn alongside you for the next few weeks. And I'd love it if you shared your thoughts and questions about the topics we discuss on this podcast by reaching out to us on social media. That brings us to the end of this episode of My Fair Money, the Impact Investing Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and learning about impact investing with us. This podcast is produced by Two Degrees Investing Initiative as part of their My Fair Money project for private investors and by us, AWE Studio, the storytelling studio for changemakers. The podcast artwork is by Marina Labella. Production is by Alexandra Tian. And the series is hosted by me, Kirill Hartog. Make sure to subscribe to My Fair Money on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and follow 2DII on LinkedIn and that thing that Elon Musk wants you to call X. Until next time, and remember, money never sleeps, so don't sleep on your money. <laughs>